believe in yourself Cause it starts with you And then everyone else will believe you too And if it looks like you're the only believer around Just keep on believing, don't put yourself Our guest this week grew up in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania and earned a BS in criminal justice from Northeastern University. Since 2002, he's been the managing director of Recon Management Group, which delivers global security and investigative solutions to clients across the globe. And since 2018, he's been the president and CEO of Crime Stoppers of Michigan, whose mission is to empower people to anonymously report crime to prevent and solve criminal activity while increasing safety in our neighborhoods, schools, churches, and businesses. His name, Dan DiBardino. And I'm Jack Rasula, and this is Anything That's Possible on 760 WJR. I'm Jack Rasula. This is Anything Is Possible, and we're talking to Dan DiBardino, who since 2018 has been the president and CEO of Crime Stoppers of Michigan. Dan, welcome and honor to have you. Jack, it's a pleasure to be here with you. Can we start by talking about your childhood and your parents and growing up in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania? Well, uh, we sure can. It was a uh, lovely time. I grew up in a very, very large uh, Italian family. Uh, we, uh, I was born right outside of the city of Philadelphia in a place called Chester, Pennsylvania. Uh, my uh, family, many of them uh, were uh, entrepreneurs. Uh, one uncle owned a funeral home. Another, uh, my grandmother and grandfather owned a big flower shop. They also owned some properties and some businesses down in Wildwood and Wildwood Crest, New Jersey, down on the Jersey Shore. Um, went to uh, high school in uh, Chester, Pennsylvania, St. James uh, High School for Boys, and uh, uh, then graduating from there, I moved on and uh, moved uh, on to uh, Boston. What's the biggest thing, Dan, you learned from mom? And what's the biggest thing you learned from dad? Uh, it was it was the same. Family, 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 family. There was, uh, it was nothing uh, preached longer or harder than um, above everything else. It's family, loyalty to the family, help to the family, and be ready to jump in wherever uh, you possibly can. And that's what I try to pass on to my children as well. If you can make it as a kid in the Philly neighborhood, you can make it anywhere. Philadelphia fans are mean. I mean, they boo Santa Claus. Why so? They, <laughs> well, you know, when you can boo Santa Claus, you pretty much have hit the bottom of the barrel. But uh, they're, pr- they're proud of it, Jack. They, they love the fact that... Uh, they're a mean bunch of people. They're very, very loyal to their uh, to their sports uh, uh, groups and teams. And uh, don't get in their way because they'll just mow you down. I sure hope that St. Peter is not a Philadelphian because if he is, we're all in trouble. We're all in trouble. Uh, you got that right, uh, Jack. Okay. You earned a BS in criminal justice from Northeastern. What is criminal justice? It is really then, Jack, and of course, this is back in 19, you know, the 70s. This was the study of how modern policing came about, uh, what kind of uh, objectives and protocols and policies and procedures that police departments should have in place 
It talked about evidence. It talked about uh, arrest powers. It talked about constitutional law and state law. It gave one a very well-rounded view of what it is they needed to know in order to go on the street uh, to become then a uniform uh, police officer or perhaps move on to the federal government uh, as well in some capacity. We're talking to Dan DiBardino. And Dan, how was it you fell in love with the security risk management investigative industry, which for the last 50 years has been your vocation? Well, I'll tell you, Jack, it's a long story, and I'm going to consolidate it for you real quick. When I was getting out of uh, Northeastern University in 1973, my intent was to move on to the federal government, to one of the agencies that uses uh, investigative people. Nixon shut down the entire federal hiring in 1973 for a period of then, I believe, two years so had to move forward. While I was in college, I was working for a company, strangely or not, called uh, Dayton Hudson. Uh, you're familiar mm. with part of that. Yes. And I was uh, doing a lot of white collar crimes then while I was in college. And they had told me that if I wanted to come back, if uh, the federal government hiring shut down, that I would be uh, welcome to do so. I did go back. And as a result of it, I really enjoyed because I had a minor in business as well. And I really enjoyed putting both things together, the security side and the business side. And I stayed with it and felt very challenged and still do. All right. From 73 to 87, you were in St. Louis with Eclisp Industries. Talk about that chapter of your life. Well, that was an interesting crowd. I had been with a company in, in uh, Boston uh, uh, called Grossman's Lumber Company. I was a regional security manager at that time, traveling I don't know, five, six, seven states uh, pretty regularly. A group of uh, then uh, executives from that uh, organization uh, moved out or went out to uh, St. Louis and bought a company called uh, B&B Home Supply, I think it was called at that time. They handpicked some of us and asked if we would come out and work with them. Uh, and in fact, we took the opportunity and, and did. And um, had a wonderful time, met some great people, and it was really nice because we were going not to a startup, but to an existing company, but with a team that many of us already knew each other. So we had a lot of fun. And St. Louis is a wonderful place to raise your children, I might add. Speaking of meeting some great people, in 1987, you moved to Birmingham, Michigan, and you go to work for Fred Herb, Herb Lumber, iconic Fred Herb. First, talk about Fred Herb and then that chapter in your life. Well, uh, the reason that I ended up in uh, Detroit was that the uh, Eclipse people and the Herb Lumber Company people uh, conducted a joint venture that actually uh, uh, est established itself in, uh, in uh, Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, at that time, the president of, uh, of uh, Herb Lumber, who I knew, a guy from Boston, asked if I would consider coming in because they wanted to create a, uh, a, a security director because it was a large company without that, that particular role. I came in, uh, I met with them. I absolutely fell in love with Fred Herb and his sons and his, his whole team. Uh, and the end result was uh, I moved here and, and stayed and had a great time working with that entire family. I'm sure you know the family. And um, they're just top-notch people, and, and we're, 
wonderful to me and my family. Well, we're talking to another top-notch person in Dan Dean up renew. And I'm Jack Prasoul, and this is Anything Is Possible on 760 WJR. Welcome back to Anything Is Possible. I'm your host, Jack Prasula, and we're with Dan B. Darbino. Since 2002, he's been the managing director of Recon Management Group. Dan, tell us about Recon Management Group. Well, Recon Management Group, uh, again, 2002, uh, we started uh, with our team that I'm happy to tell you is still all here. Um, and basically, here we are in uh, Bingham Farms, Michigan. And basically, we provide uh, security and security consulting services globally to a uh, large number of companies. And, and those companies consist of uh, the industries of the legal community, the corporate community, and the insurance community, uh, not only throughout the U.S., but abroad. We've worked in probably, I don't know, 25 uh, countries overseas as well. How has technology changed your business in these last 20 plus years? It's uh, it's changed uh, dramatically, Jack. First of all, the surveillance equipment, the the cameras, the motion, the robotics in terms of some, instead of having a guard in a building, you now can put a, a camera uh, onto a, a rail and, and run it around a building to see what's going on. You go into a uh, car dealership today, for example, and somebody steps on a, uh, a property of a car dealership on a Sunday. Somebody in a central monitoring station sees that and can actually communicate with the person, either by saying, what are you looking for? You're on private property. Uh, in the schools, of course, we have uh, uh, metal detectors and wanding. At the airports, we have certain information, certain technology. So it has changed dramatically and will continue to do so as, as time goes on. Not, however, taking place of the human factor, but it certainly does help. Talk about drones and their capability today, and then what you see five, 10 years from now with drones. Well, uh, drones are a, a very, a very uh, a positive thing that's going on in our uh, particular uh, industry, both for observation purposes, uh, also for uh, compliance purposes, because we look at certain things to make sure there's compliance of equipment and technology on buildings and so forth. The shortfall right now is that drones don't stay up. This is, of course, in the private sector. We're not talking military sector, but in the private sector, drones can't stay up long enough. And then there's always issues about privacy that I'm sure will continue to come up as as well. Uh, going forward, I, th I think drones will become quite the uh, the popular thing, even as it relates to surveillance work and so forth. So it's here to stay for sure, as long as like automobiles, I heard the other day on WJR, as a matter of fact, that somebody just ran a car from uh, Center City, Detroit, all the way to the Mackinac Bridge without charging a battery. The same thing's going to be happening with drones. All right. You've been in this sector almost 50 years. What's the biggest thing you've learned in 50 years? The biggest thing, Jack, and, and I think this is even uh, clear with this tragic event we just had up in Oxford, 
um, that all of these things you ask about, and they're all very pointed and they're all very necessary to ask none of it, the technology, so forth and so on of it, none of it takes the place of the people within the organizations. They are the people who know what's going on. They are the people who know who's committing fraud. They are the people that know who wants to shoot the place up. They are the people that know who are bullying other people or cheating on their time cards or inventory. And so one thing that I know is core with every client that I deal with and every client that my team here deals with is we have to get the people involved if you want to properly protect the facility or the organization or the product or whatever it happens to be. That kind of leads us into your next chapter, your latest chapter. In 2018, you become the president of Crime Stoppers of Michigan. How did that ever happen? Well, I was on their board, Jack, and uh, I really wanted to do something to balance off my life. We do a lot of things here at Recon Management Group for profit, obviously. And I wanted something that, that we did or I could do that wasn't for profit. It just was for the common good. And uh, I, I got on their board and I was very happy to get on their board. Uh, and then as you get on that board and you begin to uh, talk to and have uh, access and, and, and relationships with family members who need the help of Crime Stoppers, I became more and more and more involved. And when the time came to make a change um, with the presidency of the organization, the board asked if I would step in and help. Uh, I said I would help only for a period of time. But uh, as things worked out, that period of time is now, I think, almost four years and we're still going strong. And I love every minute of it. What's the mission? And also tell us about Crime Stoppers of Michigan. Well, Crime Stoppers of Michigan serves seven counties in southeast Michigan, from the Ohio border west to Austin, all east to St. Clair. And our role is simply to be a vehicle, if you will, with the number of tools that we have to be a vehicle when asked by either a family, a victim's family, or a police agency. And we have over 200 of them that we work with during the course of the year to reach out to the general public and ask for help. One of the things, Jack, that people I think sometimes get confused about is when you sit down at night and watch some of these TV shows, uh, NCIS and all these other police shows that, that are on television, people really begin to think that within 42 minutes and inside four commercials, that the bad guy always goes to jail, the good guys always go to the corner bars and sip whiskey, and everybody's happy, and it doesn't work quite that way. Hence, there's a need for a, a, a nonprofit uh, independent organization like Crime Stoppers to step in and seek other information that might not be exposed. We're talking to Dan DiBardino, and here's a 30-second ad starring John Walsh about Crime Stoppers of Michigan. If you have information about a crime but don't feel safe or secure contacting the police, Crime Stoppers of Michigan provides you an alternative to silence. When you submit a tip, it's collected by a third party and then submitted to Crime Stoppers. Crime Stoppers will then forward your tip to local law enforcement. This process is to ensure that your identity will always remain 100% anonymous. Just call 1-800-SPEAK-UP or visit 1-800-SPEAK-UP.ORG. That was 
John Walsh, and we're talking to Dan DiDoverdino, and I'm Jack Pasula, and this is Anything Is Possible on 760 WJR. This is Anything Is Possible. I'm your host, Jack Prasulo. We're with Dan DiBardino. If you want to learn more, www.1800speakup.org. Dan, you and your team of nine, you serve seven counties, you help 200 police forces, and basically you have two main focuses. Let's talk about the first one, the 1-800-SPEAK-UP. 1-800-SPEAK-UP is a uh, a program, uh, Jack, Uh, When all else is done, when a case gets to a point where there's no other witnesses to interview, there's no more information available on the crime scene, when there's no other facts or or details for an investigator to follow, then a case becomes a cold case. It doesn't get solved. And that's where we come into play to use our tools, if you will, our weekly press conferences, our posters, our door hangers, our social media, our radio programs, such as what we're on with you and so forth, to be able to reach out to the community because we understand no crime is committed in a vacuum. Somebody knows something. And they may be reluctant to call the police, although we encourage them to call the police, but for a variety of reasons, they may not want to call the police, in which case, they have an opportunity to dial 1-800-SPEAK-UP, know that they're totally anonymous because the call's taken in Dallas, Texas, not here, and perhaps if the information turns out to cause an arrest, then there might be some reward money involved for us to say thank you to the person who stepped forward. Um, you take 6,000 anonymous calls a year. When somebody calls, what happens? The call is uh, answered in Dallas, Texas. The uh, caller is advised very, very quickly. Do not give us your first name, last name, uh, your your age, your sex. Don't tell us anything about yourself. Just give us the information that you want about the crime that you have information about. We take that information. We then give the caller Because we tell the caller there may be a reward. So we give the caller a five-digit number in which they can identify themselves when they call our South Field number, which is the number we give them once the call is completed. Uh, That information then comes up here, and it's dispersed to the appropriate law enforcement agency, be it federal, state, county, or local. The investigative uh, agency then investigates it. Knowing that we may have a reward attached to that information, the investigators are very good about providing us in writing uh, how that tip may have helped cause an arrest. Uh, And then that information is brought in along with the tip to an independent group we call a reward committee, which I'm not a part of. And they and they alone, using a metric, determine whether a reward should be paid. And the number or the website, www.1800speakup.org. Okay, you say it's anonymous. You've had over the years 38,000 tips and never once 
has anyone ever or ever will be identified? How do you guarantee that? I can, it's a good question, Jack, and one that I can guarantee for two reasons. A, we do not take the call up here in Michigan at all. B, if you even give a hint of who your last name would be uh, to, our, to our operators, they will not take your call. And I always use the uh, example <clears throat> that if somebody was going to call uh, our tip line and say, I think my neighbor's eating some of his uh, visitors and his name is Jeffrey Dahmer's, our caller would not take the call because why? As soon as you tell us the address of your neighbor, we're going to know who you are. We don't use caller ID. We don't use recordings. We don't use police departments. So I can assure your uh, listeners that no one is ever identified because we simply don't know where they are. Now, the question always comes up, well, if you don't know how they are, how can you then pay a reward? And we do that simply once the reward committee decides that a tip should be paid and the caller is calling us every week, the tipster rather, and saying this is tipster one, two, three, four, five. And we would like, to, I'd like to know how my tip is coming. If they are issued a tip, then they are told without telling us again who you are, where you live, anything else, can you get to a certain bank next week? And we always say next week so we can set it up. The caller, the tipster says yes. We say go into that particular bank, ask to speak to the bank manager only. He and she, after verifying your number, your five-digit number, will give you in cash a reward and you walk out the front door of the bank. And I think over the years you've doled out or awarded over $600,000 worth of cash. We have. We have. Here's another 30-second ad starring John Walsh again about Crime Stoppers of Michigan. Crime Stoppers of Michigan is dedicated to keeping you 100% anonymous. If you submit a tip, there's no caller ID. No one will ever take your name or your contact information or contact you about your tip. Instead, you'll receive a tip number, which you'll use to claim your cash reward if your tip leads to an arrest. You can anonymously provide information to Crime Stoppers of Michigan two ways. Call 1-800-SPEAK-UP or visit 1-800-SPEAK-UP.org. That was John Walsh, and we're talking to Dan DiBardino, Crime Stoppers of Michigan, www.1800speakup. Dan, I believe you about the anonymous. I believe about that. Can you talk about a couple of instances where tipsters have helped solve crimes? Well, I have to talk very general, uh, Jack, because we're always afraid that even if we give a hint of a particular crime that somebody may have called in on, that the perpetrator of that particular crime, who may have shared that information with someone else, may be able to identify who the tipster is. I can tell you this, that there are a number of very violent fugitives taken off the street every single week because of the tips we get in that end up going to the United States Marshal Service. Uh, the Detroit Police Department receives through us a, a number of tips, uh, not only just for homicides, but 
animal cruelty, sexual assault, missing persons, uh, assault and batteries, robberies, etc. All these kinds of uh, all these kinds of, of of calls. And I'm so happy, Jack, because one of the things about this program that I think makes you uh, feel good about it is that with all that money that we give out over the course of the year, right now, as we track it, only 30% of the people who are issued rewards actually go and take it, which tells me 70% of the people want to do it because it's the right thing to do and it keeps their neighborhoods safe for them, their families, their grandparents, children, et cetera. We're talking to Dan DiBardino and Crime Stoppers' mission is to empower people to anonymously report crime to prevent and solve criminal activity while increasing safety in our neighborhoods, schools, churches, and businesses. And I'm Jack Prasula, and this is Anything is Possible on News Talk 760 WJR. Jack Krizula, host of WJR's Anything is Possible, the weekly radio visit, brings his 15 years of inspirational storytelling to hardcover. With God, anything is possible. Fifteen of Jack's more than 750 tales of defeating odds and achieving the extraordinary. Like Bob Woodruff, whose job covering the war in Iraq nearly cost him his life. And Nick Vujicic, the limbless evangelist who has stunned millions with his message of acceptance and grace. With God, anything is possible. Order now while signed copies are still available at trustinusllc.square.site. That's trustinusllc.square.site. And as Jack says, Make it a great week because with God, anything is possible. Spohol. I'm Jack Pasula. This is Anything is Possible, and we're talking to Dan DiBardino, who's been the president and CEO of Crime Stoppers of Michigan since 2018. Dan, the second focus you have is the Center for Crime Prevention. It's not as well known, maybe. Talk about that second focus. Well, we've, uh, we've, we've, uh, our board of directors, uh, Jack, uh, who are very, very interested in our mission and what we're doing, and they're very involved with many of the things that we do as an organization, decided that there was time that we highlighted some of the things we do in the crime prevention area. So we now have a center uh, for crime prevention. And through that particular uh, arena, if you will, or umbrella, we do things like uh, do senior scam prevention. We actually do presentations for seniors to be mindful and cautious about certain scams that are being perpetrated on them currently. We deal with shooting active shooter programs. Uh, we deal with uh, how kids can be uh, safer in schools. We have a resource center on our website that your uh, listeners are, uh, are invited to go to that has a tremendous amount of information for children, for parents, for seniors, et cetera, talking about cybersecurity and how to pre- how to uh, not become a victim of crime and so forth. So we're really highlighting that. We have a, a, a speaker's bureau that we're building up and we're going to continue to make it because we think Crime Stoppers has to be twofold. Certainly we got to be active with 1-800-SPEAK-UP 
and continue to solicit help. But we also have to teach people and help people to learn how to be safe every day in their own communities uh, for themselves and for their families. Can you share with us a couple of current senior scams? As a matter of fact, uh, one of the uh, one of the largest uh, going on right now, Jack, is a senior uh, getting a phone call from somebody claiming to be uh, either uh, representing their grandparents. Uh, this actually happened to me, by the way, um, representing a, a nephew, uh, one of their family members. They're currently uh, in some part of the country or out of the country. <clears throat> in my case, by the way, it was uh, they were in Mexico, supposedly. And they needed $3,000 for bail money. Could I wire it right away? Uh, and another one of these things, of course, are on the computer. A lot of our seniors uh, love to be on the computer, and it's a wonderful tool for them to use to learn and communicate with each other and so forth and so on. All of these phishing things that go on. Uh, this is uh, Bank ABC. There's a problem with your account. Uh, get to us right away. These people are doing nothing other than seeking information. And we tell the seniors all the time, under no circumstances, don't care who's calling you or you think's calling you or communicating through on your computer, don't give out your bank accounts, don't give out your social security number, don't give out any information. If you're concerned that the organization that's talking to you may be legit, ask for a phone number, hang up the phone, Go to the your, the website of the organization you're talking about and dial that number and say, is somebody trying to find me? One of the things that our, our, our seniors need to know is the Internal Revenue Service never reaches out to you by phone, never reaches out to you by, uh, by email and so forth. And yet they're getting hit all the time with these uh, ridiculous kind of scams. And there's plenty of them, Jack. There's uh, people selling graves um, it's just one thing after uh, after another. People selling bogus medical insurance. People selling bogus pharmaceuticals. Our, our, our seniors have to know, and everybody should know, it's not just our seniors. If you think it's too good to be true, it is. Hit the delete button or hang up. Spoken as a true kid that grew up in Philly. Okay, <laughs> Dan, I hear you. I admire what you're doing. I admire what your team does, but... Why should I speak up and stick my neck out? <coughs> Excuse me. Well, one of the things, Jack, that we tell people is why should you? Why should you? First of all, we should all be each other, uh, each other's brother or sister's keeper. That's number one. Two, if we don't speak up, then we ignore that crime exists and we allow it to exist. If we speak up as a community, as a neighborhood, as a block, and people realize that they are not able to get away with crimes in our neighborhood, we then simply reduce the opportunity for crime to occur and it won't occur. One of the things we learned at Northeastern University was a crime pyramid. Desire plus opportunity equals crime. If you reduce the opportunity, then you reduce crime. But if we ignore it and we pretend it's not happening, then we allow it to proliferate and shame on all of us. All right, I hear it. But Dan, I don't want to be known as a snitch. Well, uh, you're again, you're hitting a, a great target, and that's why we are anonymous. That's why nobody knows who you are. 
That's why when you pick up a phone and you call 1-800-SPEAK-UP, nobody is aware of that call or who you are. So therefore, you won't be known as a snitch because nobody will know anything. But you are helping people who desperately need your help. The mother of a of, of, of that uh, young girl that was in Oakland University who is a nursing student who was shot riding her bike, that family needs help. That family is hurting. Their lives will never be the same again. And if we don't help them, then shame on us. Speaking of helping them, where does Crime Stoppers get its money? you got a team of nine. You know, you make, I think, the 1.8 million a year for this job. Not really, but uh, where, where does Crime stop? You're going to get paid in the next life, okay? Repay I me. hope so, Jack. I hope uh, so. Uh, where do you get the money? We get the money from uh, a couple of sources. Uh, the corporate community uh, in uh, Detroit and surrounding areas are uh, always prepared to step up. We need more of their help. Needless to say, like every other nonprofit, uh, we have suffered uh, because of COVID and everything that that's caused the, the uh, the business community to go through, certainly uh, at this time. But we do some events. We have a golfing event. We just had a wonderful Christmas event, Jack. Um, Tony Michaels uh, had us down at the Prade Company. We had 170 kids, all of whom had violence in their life during the course of the last couple of years. We brought them in. They met Santa Claus. They got gifts. They got food. Just a wonderful situation. But I'll tell you, your listeners, and I know you have a lot of corporate listeners we could use your help. This thing is not sexy. It's not dealing with little puppies. It's not dealing with a lot of other things. It's it's used to help heal and provide hope and support to families who are devastated and they need our hope. It's a wonderful cause. And I would ask all your listeners to please consider donating through our website, 1-800-SPEAKUP.ORG. All right. This isn't so true, I think, in our area, but there's a new excuse, I think, for not helping. And that's so many of these prosecutors in some of these major cities, they're no longer prosecuting. So why the heck should I tell you what I see and know? Because it ain't going to do no good. Well, uh, you know, they're, they're starting. You are correct with some of that. That's occurring right now. But there's a big backlash going on currently uh, in the uh, United States, particularly in Los Angeles and some other areas where people are saying, we've had enough. You will prosecute them as, you as you're supposed to prosecute them. And let's make sure that some of these people don't see the light of day. And, and again, Jack, it goes back to regardless of how insignificant the crime might be, if we allow it to go, if we ignore it like it doesn't exist, then it will run us over to the point where we won't be able to control it at all. And I know that uh, in the seven counties we serve, the police agencies, the governmental agencies, a lot of wonderful people are working every day to see that that doesn't happen. One thing that uh, amazed me when I we had breakfast together a few weeks ago was, one, how much you could eat. Not really, but, but <laughs> you made a statement, Dan, that 50% of the tips come from the suburbs. Really? That is correct. Yes. 50% of the tips that we get come from the suburbs. And I think, Jack, uh, people need to understand that crime in a city, growing up as I did in Philadelphia, uh, crime in the city may not look like crime in the suburbs, but whether it's Cass Avenue or whether it's Main Street Royal Oak or Main Street Birmingham or uh, wherever it happens to be, it's still crime. It still affects people. It still has an economic effect on people. It still causes disruption in the community. 
And I'm delighted to say that that we have great participation uh, by many, many people throughout the uh, suburbs who are ready to stand up, make that phone call and say enough is enough is enough. All right. 50 years ago, you were blessed to figure out your vocation in life. As our time winds down, what advice do I give, do you give to our young listeners tonight about finding their mission in life? Well, I think it is uh, it is a uh, a test that all of our young people not not uh, need to go through. And I try to do the same thing with my kids who are now all adults. Stay true to what makes you happy. Stay true to the core and and the cause. But most importantly, you got to put in hard work. My fear sometimes is that some of these young folks surrounding us today want to get to these very, very high places, which is great, and these wonderful plateaus. But I I sometimes am concerned that they don't want to do the same work that is absolutely required. You cannot get to your goal unless you're prepared to put in hard work and stay true regardless of what the obstacles may be. Dan DiBardino, you are a shining example of staying true to doing what's right. Thanks for all you do. Keep up the great, great work. Thank you, Jack. It was a pleasure being with you tonight. Please join us next Saturday. Until then, I'm Jack Rasulo. Thanks for listening and make it a great week because with God, anything is possible. Spawn. Believe-